All right, everybody, it is uh, Millennial Sales Podcast time. Welcome back to the show. It's your host, Tommy Tahoe Lemo. Uh, got a great sh- episode for you, episode 178. Um, for everyone watching on YouTube, it's my casual gear. It's Saturday evening, you know, pre uh, about to make up some dinner. Uh, so I want to get this intro out for you. Before we get to today's guest, uh, one thing that's been on my mind that, uh, you know, is worth sharing. I've been posting about it. Uh, I've been really enthralled with uh, the new docu-series on Netflix called The Playbook. Uh, it's, you know, 30-minute episodes on different coaches. They've got uh, one on Serena Williams' coach. They've got one on uh, the U.S. women's national team soccer coach, Jill Ellis. Um, they've got one that really captured my attention with Doc Rivers that I literally watched three times in about 18 hours last weekend. Uh, it was amazing. I highly recommend that you check it out. And um, I'm obsessed with the concept of what he of uh, Ubuntu, and it's a you know there's words in different languages that don't necessarily translate to English, right? Um, you know where it's one word in German or Japanese or something, and then it turns into sentences or a paragraph in English to describe it. And I think that's a really interesting concept. And so Ubuntu is an African word. Uh, that was really popularized during the Nelson Mandela time when they were, you know, uh, liberating South Africa in the early 1990s. Um, and it translates in English to I am because we are, right? And long story short, Doc Rivers turned that into the slogan for the Boston Celtics in 2008 when they had a great championship year. And, you know, it was really predicated around the way that he described it. What really resonated with me was, you know, I am because we are right? And I can only be my best if you're your best. And you being great does not diminish me. It actually can only make me better. And so I think that can relate to pretty much everything in life, uh, any uh, team, any relationship, anything that you're a part of. But if we're sticking to just sales for this conversation, you're not better or worse because the person next to you just closed the deal, right? That doesn't tear you down. That doesn't mean that you can't be successful. That doesn't mean you can't then close a deal or make money or be successful, right? If anything, that should inspire you to be better. You can go ask that person what they did. You can use that to get yourself to the next gear, get yourself fired up and get yourself going. So um, I've really been thinking a lot about that concept. And, you know, there's an old proverb. There's two ways to have the tallest building, right? You can either build one that's remarkably high, or you could tear everyone else's down. So when you're thinking about that in any aspect of life, right? If someone's doing great things, you don't need to tear them down, uh, show some love, use that as, a, as, you know, kind of a guiding post for you to get to your next level. That's my spiel for today. Before we get into the podcast, um, let me introduce today's guest. Um, 2020 has been a great year for me in terms of meeting people online, you know, because how else are you meeting people in 2020 um, that have really had a significant impact on me. And um, Henry Frazier III uh, is one of those people, you know, shout out to Richard Harris, who initially introduced us uh, a a few months ago. And, um, you know, Henry's a great guy. Uh, He is currently a licensed agent at New York Life Insurance Company, but he's got a whole long... um, you know, track record. He was, you know, D1 football player at Indiana University, uh, played in the, the pros for a few years, 
uh, before then transitioning into sales. You know, he got into startup sales, uh, was on that track for about a decade, went over to Oracle, um, and then about five years ago, went over to New York Life Insurance Company, where he's been building out his network, building out his career that way, uh, and been really successful. Um, outside of that, he is making a lot of contributions to you know the social justice movement uh, and to black financial uh, you know services, right? And he brings up a lot of great points in this episode um, around you know we we talk about it towards the end around you know what's going on in the social justice movement but even what's been happening for hundreds of years right and in terms of you know blacks really having a, a lot of a, a delayed start right uh, in terms of financial earnings and being able to invest and being able to make money and being able to be financially literate things around that that um, he's trying to really kind of close that gap and he's got massive goals around that um, so we get, we talk about a lot of things, you know, we talk about why he's getting up right now at 4am every day to, uh, to study for a series seven. We talk about how he goes from football to finding uh, startup sales to financial services and insurance and all those different worlds. Um, we talk a lot about mindset and, you know, why it's so important to stay positive and have the right mindset and have an abundance mindset and treat others well and he's just, you're going to really, the promise that I can make to you is that you're going to love Henry when you listen to him, right? Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see him. He's in his backyard. It's a, I think it was a Friday or a Thursday evening where, um, you know, he's relaxed. He's in the backyard. It was a nice day outside. Um, and I think you're really going to love and be inspired by his positivity, by his attitude and by the actions that he's taken. So, um, you know, without further ado, I'd love to get into it. My one ask is that if you find any value from this episode is if you can please head over to wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, leave a review and share it with a friend. Um, not making any money on this podcast this is all done on the side. This is intro is happening at six o'clock on Saturday evening. Uh, so uh, it's really all for the love of the game. So if you can just spread the word, that would be massively appreciated. Without further ado, I will stop talking and let's get into the conversation with Henry Frazier. Let's go. All right, Henry Frazier III. How we doing, man? Welcome to Millennial Sales. I am doing much better today now that I live in Northern California and I have fresh air to breathe. I've been feeling like I've been no, on uh, Total Recall, that old school movie with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> for the past couple of weeks with this air quality out here. It's no joke. So, yeah, I'm feeling blessed, man. I hear you. I hear you. I got a run in this morning uh, for the last, you know, however long, week to 10 days, it was brutal. And then I got a run in this morning outside and it was just like a whole new world. I've been in a great mood all day ever since it. So the world's still a lot different when you can breathe fresh air and get outside and feel the sunshine on you. Yeah, it's not too hard to find things to be grateful for nowadays. I can tell you that. For sure. For sure. That's just the attitude to have. And that, that is just kind of like, um, it's maybe even a good jumping off point because every time I've talked to you, you seem to be, you know, positive, upbeat, in a good mood, you know, feeling grateful, feeling driven. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Is that like, you know, that's got to be a conscious choice. I'm, I'm sure you don't just wake up on the right side of the bed every day. 
that's definitely a conscious choice. That choice has worked for me more than the other choice of not being positive or not being optimistic or, you know, letting the day control your happiness, right? So I made a conscious decision about that years ago. And it starts with just, you know, owning my morning. You know, I, right now I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning because I'm studying, you know, for my series seven. So I'll study to four to, from four until seven. But typically I'll do a workout in the morning. I'll listen to a positive podcast in the morning. I'll try to do some meditation. I'm trying to get into that in the morning. Just doing as much as I can to get me off to a win early. Like before eight o'clock in the morning, I've already won like two or three times. And for me, when I win, I'm just much happier. Things work better. I feel better. People say yes. You know, I smile more. So why not win early? That way, when you get those things that we get during the day that we can't control, it's just harder to knock me off that pedestal. And it's almost like the goal, well, sometimes when I think of it, I'm the same way, is like, I, I want to get as much done even before, you know, 11 or, or noon, or, you know, lunchtime, give or take, um, right? Because if I get all the main things I want done, I get a workout in, you know, I get a few things done for work, whatever it is that it's the main focus of that day. And, you know, it's just gravy in the afternoon. I've already gotten done more by noon than most people by 5 p.m. or by the time they go to bed. So that just makes me feel good and puts wind at my sails. And then it's just the rest of the day is just gravy from there. Yeah, and our, our, our happiness levels and success levels, I believe, tend to um, have to do with our interactions with people. You, you never know what interaction. And is going to help you in some way or another or what value you're going to be able to bring to somebody else. And I know that I may not control who I'm going to meet during the day, but I can control the impact that I have on them or the impression that I have on them. And not a lot of people like to talk to the frowning guy or the person that has a lot of issues or stresses or kind of brings that energy level down, right? So I know that if I'm able to give out good energy, most likely, or I'm going to have a better chance of my interactions going better, you know, whether they're professionally or personally. And I'm, I'm just, I'm in the field of relationships. Mm -hmm. And where did you, where did you come across that philosophy? Cause like we're talking about it, like, you know, this is something that everyone does, but it's, it's not common that people get up at 4am to study when they've got a family and a full-time job and whatever other things that you're, you've got going on. So where, where does that come from? Who taught you to do things like that? Well, I, I hired a business coach. So I have a business coach for the past year. Um, I would say early on in my life, my, my first real sales job after I stopped playing football was at a startup company. And this was when I finally started getting into Tony Robbins. And, you know, I used to listen to Brian Tracy every morning to work. And, you know, my, my closest friends are more successful than me. You know, uh, Scott Lease is, is like a best friend of mine. He's a sales guru and runs his own podcast. And, you know, my friend Javier Belante is a beast at what he does. And you start to hang around these people that think a little bit differently, that set bigger goals. Your mindset starts to shift from a more scarce mindset to a more abundant mindset. You know, and I think once I started thinking about more abundance, once I started focusing more on what I want, what my goals are and, and where I'm going as opposed to what I'm running away from or the pain that I'm trying to avoid or 
the scarce mindset, that's what really got me focusing on, you know, making sure that every day is a little bit better than the next. You know, one is a little bit better than zero, you know, and just every day, just trying to get a little bit better. You hit your head enough times, you want to change some things. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, shout out to Scott Lease, also a guest on this podcast um, and a friend of mine. Uh, so the, the audience loves him. And there's a lot in what you just said that I want to unpack. I want to maybe put a pin in the business coach and maybe get to that in a little bit. But you, know, you talk about surrounding yourself with other people that are, you know, maybe way more successful than you or help you think bigger. Um, you talk about, you know, really diving into folks like Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and things like that. Do you recall a point in your life, whether this was in your sales career or before that, where you really started understanding that that was going to help you out? Um, was there a moment or was there a book or was there a person that introduced you to these things? Or did, did you, is it just been part of you for so long that it's just been as long as you can remember? Yeah, I think it, it first started clicking when you dive into inside sales, you know, and I was at a startup company. I was making over a hundred dollars a day selling leads to real estate agents. And, you know, I was horrible at it and I'm, I'm a competitive person, you know, I'm, I'm competitive. I have some pride every now and then, and, <laughs> you know, I want good things for myself, but yet I just kept failing over and over and over again and realizing that what I'm currently doing is just not working, you know, and I started just reading more and spending time with people that were doing better than I'm doing at my career, at life, at sales, at all these different types of things, because what that did, it, it exposed me to things that I didn't even know that I didn't know, right? There's like all this stuff that is unknown out there that we don't even know is unknown. And when our, our goals get bigger and we try to start shooting for higher targets or when we try to start going into different areas that we've never dealt, been in before, it kind of, it, it forces us to open ourselves up to new things, new people, new ideas, right? So I think Brian Tracy was probably the first person that I started listening to in that regards and then i got introduced to tony robbins and i started reading books like think and grow rich and all these different things and before you know it you just start hearing the same things over and over again like the most successful people in the world talking about they wake up before five o'clock in the morning like there has to be something to that right you start listening to people that are already millionaires are already billionaires and you start listening to what are they talking about they don't really complain a lot you know they seem like you know, they're, they're always shooting for something. You know, they're always talking about and uplifting people um, is what my experience was. So that just kind of got me to think about mindset and thinking about growth mindset, you know, which led me to Carol Dweck's book. And it's, it's like everything just kind of just, just grows on the other, you know, and I always want to make sure that the people that I'm spending around, my time around are, uh, I'm not the smartest person in the room. And how about in your, you know, uh, in your athletic career? So it seems like, you know, from what I understand, you know, you were a D1 athlete at, at IU. Shout out to the Hoosiers. I've got some family uh, out in Indiana. Um, and then went over to, to play a few years of, of uh, you know, professional football as well. And then went into enterprise and then into the, the software and the, and the startup world. Uh, did you have that mindset uh, as an athlete? Um, because I look back and I, I wasn't nearly your caliber. I was a D2 athlete. 
Um, but I wish I knew any of this stuff about mindset, about diet, about sleep, about setting goals. Like I didn't do any of that, you know, until I started in a sales career. So I wish I knew that stuff earlier in my life, but I'm curious if, if you applied that to uh, some things before sales too. You know, I, I wish I could say, yeah, you know, I, I wish I had this mindset as well. I, I wasn't very intentional in my actions when I was an athlete, you know, and I think that in every situation, there's those people that get to where they, they are just naturally, or they have a certain gift, right? I, I've, I've been gifted in sports. You know, I, I've, I've been able to do things naturally that a lot of people have to work hard for. And we even see that on our sales floors. There's always those guys that tend to like crush their quota. And it's like, they have no process. You know, they just kind of just fumble their way to it and they, they do it, right? And for me, that's how it was when I played sports. I was really good, but I was never intentional. I never really focused on where I wanted to go next. You know, what my goals were, how good did I want to become, right? I, I played it because it was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I was really kind of in the moment, but I never had this mindset. I never had these thoughts when I was an athlete. I might have gone a lot further if I would have thought that way. Mm. All right. So we've talked, you, you've mentioned a few times, you know, setting goals, being intentional, thinking about how good you can be, surround yourself with those types of people. I want to get more specific around goal setting and, and how you go about that and maybe how it's evolved. But like, you know, uh, are there certain areas of your life you set goals in? Are they, you know, a weekly goal? Are they yearly? Are they 20 years out? Like, do you write it down? Do you say it out loud? I want to know exactly like the framework that you use to help manifest these great things in your life. Yeah. So every aspect in my life that's important to me has a number of goals attached to it. So I, I don't believe in setting one or two goals. I, I think having multiple goals is not a problem at all. Um, the areas that are important to me are my relationships, you know, personal and professionally. Uh, I'm a father now. I have a, a son that's three and a half years old. So I have some parenting goals. Uh, financially, I have goals. I have the amount of money that I want to continue to make and how my business to continue to grow. My health, I definitely have health goals and I have spiritual goals. So there's different goals that I set for myself that are based around the things that are important to me. You know, I, I know exactly how much I made when I started this career. I know exactly how much I made every single year thereafter. And I know exactly how much I want to make and how I'm actually going to get there. Right. And there's those long-term goals. So take finances, for instance, if, if I want to live on a certain amount of money per year, I have to start thinking about that. I have to start thinking about what is life going to be like when I'm 55 or 60? Do I want to live on $300,000 a year? Would I want to live on a million dollars a year? Would I want to live on $100,000 a year? And why? Because that's going to give me the framework to say, I need this much assets. I need to accumulate this much by time I'm 60, which is 20 years from now. That's a long-term goal. So I can start setting shorter-term goals based on that long-term goal just to help me get there. Getting a business coach was one of my goals. Um, getting my series seven was another goal because then that will allow me to be able to create and offer more value to my clients, which is gonna end up putting more money in my pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all these 
goals along the way, right? If I'm taking my series seven, how's that going to affect my normal production? You know, how many dials do I plan on making a day and how, how how's that going to happen? Right. So I, I definitely have multiple goals based on the specifics that we're, that we're talking about. Sure. And, and when do you think about them? Do you, do you sit down like once a week or every day or like once a year or like how often do you kind of put pen to paper and say, man, I, I notched off these goals. Here's a few more things I want to focus on. I got to, oh man, I said I wanted to do my series seven. I haven't started that. Got to sign up for the courses and kind of, you know, get onto that. How often do you do that? So I actually do that weekly. So the big goals I do yearly. So I meet, I meet with my fiance um, every New Year's and we have a meeting um, based on the year and what we plan for next year. And these are conversations such as, you know, what do we want for our relationship? You know, what do we want financially? You know, what were some of the big wins that year? You know, what are we shooting for next year? But weekly, I do a whole <clears throat> weekly action plan, which will include, you know, some of my top priorities. I like to limit it down to three. I'm not the smartest person in the world, so I can't, I can't remember everything. But if I can limit it to, you know, what are my top three priorities to complete this week, um, that'll give me three things that I know need to get done. You know, I want to know who are like the top 20 people I need to talk to this week, you know, and, and I'll write that down because then I can check them off as I talk to them. And it, it, it makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to growing my business, I need to know what are those, what's the most important meetings that I have coming up, the most important calls and appointments and projects. So that way I'm properly prepared for these opportunities and I don't blow them. Right. I, I want to know for my health and well-being. I'm 41. Right. I just turned 41 on August 23rd and I was exercising during my first week of being a 41 year old and I got a freaking hemorrhoid. I've never got a hemorrhoid <laughs> in my life. I didn't even know what it was. I, I was like Googling it. I had to go to the doctor. Right. And I'm like, I haven't even been 41 for a week and I've already had a finger up my ass. That, that goes to show how <laughs> this year is going, which is crazy. But, <laughs> but I have my health and well-being um, yeah. um, goals. You know, what do I want to do for this week? I also have uh, family and friends goals that I go through weekly. I know it's, it's, it's harder to stay connected during these times. So I, I'm definitely intentional with the specific people that I want to make sure I contact and keep, and, and keep in contact with. Uh, things I want to remember are important. You know, I write those down. I also write down the realized ideas that I had over this past week that can kind of make me better, right? And um, you know, I kind of round it out with uh, reflecting. I definitely want to reflect on what were the outcomes that I had this week. You know, did I, did I meet the goals that I set last week? Did I come up short? Did I uh, crush any of those goals? And, you know, what is the possibility that I'm creating for myself this week, right? And these could be one word things like, for instance, uh, for my report this week, my possibilities are creativity, abundance, and completeness. And I speak that because for me, sometimes it's hard to complete these projects when you have all these things going on. So at uh, the beginning of the week, I'm like, who I am is the possibility of abundance completeness right it, i'm speaking that to myself 
and um, creativity. And that just allows that to be on the top of my mind as the week goes along. And I'll, I'll review that every now and then uh, throughout the week just to make sure that I'm on track. Love that. I, have you ever read uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller? No, I have not read The One okay. Thing yet. That one, uh, it was recommended to me a bunch and I was, I had it on my list and I just read it last week and it talks, it was a, it was a great sticking point really to, to what you just talked about of, you know, for me, I'm, I'm good at setting a big goal maybe for the year or for however long. And then it helps you to break it down. Like, all right, what's the one thing I need to do this month, this week, this day right now, that's going to help me, you know, kind of make that chain reaction to, uh, to get to that one year goal. So um, it's just speaking the same language that you were just talking about. I think that, you know, for, for me and maybe even a lot of ambitious people that, that are young, that are, you know, hungry and getting after it, we have these goals of, man, I want to make a certain amount of money or I want to be a director of sales or whatever it might be. I want this new job or, um, you know, I want to pay off my student loans. Um, we have this big goal and then we try to get there, but we don't really maybe take the steps or know what the steps are to get from point A to point B because it just seems so far away. Yeah, that's true. Um, but now we have a lot of resources where we can find out, you know, and, and, and one of the easiest ways to find out is to find someone that is doing it and mirror them or at least talk to them and figure out what it is that they did that works that you can kind of implement into your daily activities and even make better, you know, even morph them into something that works for you, you know, finance goals and these type of things that are so far out. If I don't know the path to get there, the destination is, is really clear. Oftentimes I don't really have to know the how, but as long as I'm, I'm searching for it and I'm, I'm opening myself up to opportunities to get more clarity on that process, you know, reading books like the one that you talked about. I just, I was reading the book called Fanatical Processing or Fanatical Prospecting, mm -hmm. you know, and just you, you listen to pod, I listened to a podcast called um, Impact Theory with uh, Tom Billu. Yeah. And, you know, every episode he has someone on there that has reached their pinnacle. You know, these are people that have crushed it in whatever they're doing. And I guarantee you listen to some of these people talk they're going to say something in a way that you've never thought about it before, right? And slowly that how is gonna to start to become more clear. And as that how becomes more clear, it just helps you continue to, to march along the way. But I think trying to figure out the process is gonna be important um, when it comes to knocking down these goals, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and I'll give a plus one to impact theory. I actually just listened to an episode yesterday while I was eating lunch uh, about he did with Hillary Swank, who I didn't know. I mean, I've seen her maybe in a few movies, but I did not know Hillary Swank is a badass like that and tenacious <laughs> grew up in a, in a trailer park in Detroit or somewhere up, up in the Midwest and, you know, found her way to LA and it, she had a great story, but yeah, that's, that's a great podcast to check out. And I think it's just continuing the, the process of learning, whether it's a book or a podcast or, you know, someone that you're meeting with and always trying to keep leveling up and exposing yourself to new ideas. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, so I, I put the pin in the business coach. I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, that's something that has crossed my mind from time to time. Um, I know a few people that have done it or, or heard about people speak, but I haven't really gotten too much into the depths of, of what that relationship's like. And 
and uh, maybe the reason for it and some of the results. So could you speak a little bit to that? Like, I know that you mentioned that was one of your goals and you've been with him or her for the last, I think, few years. So what, what uh, you know, was the genesis for it and, and how has that relationship been and how has that helped you? So my business coach isn't my first coach. I think mm. at, sports has definitely helped me with this piece of my mindset. You know, my, um, my dad owned an electrical contracting business growing up. So, you know, he was a bit of a coach as well. And for me, myself, you know, there, there always comes a point to where I want more than I know how to get. Like, for instance, when it comes to weights and getting in shape, I, I'm not a marathon runner. Like, I could run a mile. I can run a couple miles after that. Like, I am. I'm dead. I'm a sprinter. Like I'm not running a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I was never a weight room guy. Like in high school, my max bench press was like 95 pounds. Like I couldn't <laughs> wait to be able to put a 25 plate on each side of that bench press. Right. <laughs> um, but there comes a time where you want something more than what you know how to get. You want that contract with that professional team, or you want that scholarship. And you know that in order to get that, I have to take my fitness to a level that I don't know how to get there. Me going around to the gym and figuring out and throwing these weights around and trying to plan my own workout, it's just not working. So why not get a personal trainer, someone that specializes in this particular area to help me get to where I want to go, right? You know, I've hit this sales wall and I've hit this number and I just can't seem to break through that ceiling. I know I'm there. So why not go to a, I did an Unleash the Power Within uh, mm. virtual event like a month ago or something like that. I was amazing. Like I'm around a whole bunch of people that have crushed through the very ceiling that I'm trying to crush through. Right. And those are the people that can help give you the things that you need to know. So when it comes to coaches, I've always believed in hiring coaches, you know, um, my mindset in sports wasn't always the best mindset. You know, I was holding on to a lot of baggage and I was blaming a lot of people, you know, and, and someone shared with me, Tony Robbins and started talking about life and stuff like that. And I decided to hire a life coach, someone that is good on life and becoming optimistic and literally like your own personal cheerleader. It, it felt like sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. teaching you how to meditate and stuff like that. So business, especially in this career, you know, being in finance, um, I've been doing this for a little bit over six years. I don't know everything that there is to know. You know, I don't know how to take my business to that level that I want to take it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to change the financial future of Black America, period. You know, I'm trying to bridge this wealth gap. You know, I'm trying to educate people on their finances and so they know exactly how to save and, and retire and not just black people. You know, I say that because of everything that's going on now, but everybody, right? And I want to have a, a voice that people listen to, but I don't know how to get there. So I could fumble around with it and figure it out, or I can hire a business coach that his job is to coach businesses to get them to the next level. And it's an investment in myself. If I can put money in my 401k, but I can't put a percentage of my money into a business coach, like I don't understand that, um, that concept. So let me get it straight. You've, so you've got a, a personal trainer 
And then the life and the business coach are, are different. One is more like who you are as a person and the other one's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm stuck at this sales number. I've got these massive goals. And it sounds like he maybe works with, you know, uh, CEOs of businesses and it's like, here's my, you know, here's my sales business and you know, maybe some of the other things you want to do. And he's helping you to, to kind of break through those barriers. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't have all of those coaches at once. So okay, a okay. Personal right. trainer, I probably could use a personal trainer right now when it comes <laughs> well, to after my, that, my, after my, that hemorrhoid. <laughs> especially <laughs> after that hemorrhoid. But when it comes to my health, no, I, I don't have a personal trainer right now. Um, I don't have a life coach anymore. The, the life coach did his job. You know, this, this mindset that I have and uh, the things that I think are a lot of that is due to that life coach that I needed when I was 24. I think I was 24 when I hired that life coach. The coach that I have right now is a business coach. And when it comes to scaling your business to the next level, when it comes to hiring people and all of these different things that we need to do as we grow, I just figured having a business coach would help. You know, and it's, it's definitely helped. I didn't used to write a weekly report that I review every time. I didn't use to journal. I didn't use to meditate. You know, I didn't use to set goals the way that I do. But my business coach helps me do these things and, and helps me discover new ways to grow my business in ways that I wasn't really thinking. Mm. So how would you go about, you know, I, I feel like if you go on LinkedIn, you type in business coach, you know, you'll, you'll come across a hundred thousand people and maybe some of them are, are great. Some of them are pretty good. And maybe some of them are, you know, maybe more marketing than, you know, more state uh, sizzle than steak, so to speak. So how would you recommend finding someone that can really be a good fit for you? I like going by referrals and introductions. I'm, mm -hmm. a, I'm a people person. I love talking to people. The reason why I got into this career is not because I love finances and numbers. I got into this career because I love people. I generally love, I genuinely love people. And I figured people care about their money and their loved ones more than pretty much anything else. So if I can become an expert in these areas, then I'm always going to have value to people. And I'm always going to be able to connect with people because people want to connect to other people that can bring value to them, right? So being that I love people, I'm constantly talking and connecting with people. And there was a gentleman that I was talking to. His name is Alvin. He's actually the managing partner of my, uh, my office. And I was just talking. You know, we were golfing and I was sharing some of my thoughts and just being my authentic self, letting him know what my goals are. And we were talking about career advancement and stuff like that. And he introduced me to my business coach now, you know, and, and sometimes when you're open and when you share yourself with people and when you generally care to get to know who they are, right. And ask questions and, you know, figure out what is it that they like to do because can I do it with you? Right. I mean, there's ways to connect that are, that are so easy, but those genuine conversations lead to quality introductions because you never know who this person knows, you know, right. and the person that I was talking to, he is very successful. He makes more money than I, than I do. He's been married longer than I have. He's, you know, everything that I'm shooting for, he's done it. And he said that one of his ways that he got there was through this business coach. 
you know, when you have a conversation like that, whenever, when you're able to have these questions, ask these questions, then you're able to get a quality introduction and you're able mm -hmm. to get referred to someone, which, which was my way of finding my business coach, which was also my way of finding my life coach, which was also my way of finding my um, personal trainer. Yeah. So it's putting yourself out there and being authentic and having an, you know, abundant mindset that if you put, you know, good thoughts out into the, you know, the universe, and maybe this is getting a little heady for, for certain people listening, but that you put if the thought and that, that, uh, you know, into the universe that, you know, good things are going to happen, um, right. That what you put out, you get in and what you, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. So I think it's just a, a good lesson for anyone that's, man, saying, man, I wish that, you know, coach or that deal or that job opportunity would show up at my front porch. Well, maybe you got to either work a little harder or start putting yourself out there a little more. And at the more you do that and the better you treat people, in my experience, that, you know, the more comes back to you. And I'm such a believer of my thoughts becoming reality, which is yeah. part of the reason why I need to own my mornings, because I know that my negative thoughts can also become reality. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I definitely agree 1000% with what you just said. So walk me through a little bit, you know, you, you had a few years, um, you know, playing football and then you spent, you know, roughly a decade in the startup technology world uh, at a few different places. And then you headed over, um, you know, like you're saying in, into more of the financial, uh, you know, world. And, and you said, you know, part of it was because you'd love people and, and, you know, you love connecting with different people. Um, but that's not a usual path. I feel like most people I meet are, you know, kind of stick to one industry, you know, once they get good at it and they start making connections. So, uh, walk me through a little bit, you know, you probably had some great connections and customers and, uh, you know, bosses and everything that were in the technology space after 10 or so years. Um, what else motivated you to kind of make the shift and, and how was that? Was that, was it a little bit of a wake up call to go to a different industry or was it pretty smooth? Always a wake-up call. You know, going yeah. from the startup world to Oracle was a wake-up call. You know, going from Oracle to being a director at a web development company was a wake-up call. You know, coming into this finance industry was a huge wake-up call. Stepping on the football field at different levels is a wake-up call too, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I was always – I never understood why people continue to do things that they didn't love to do. And I, I saw a lot of examples of people working themselves literally to death, you know, driving every single day to a job that they can't stand. And in my 20s and 30s, it was mainly trying to find my passion, something that I can be passionate about. And I knew that in order for me to find that, I have to be willing to step in and actually try certain things. You know, if, if, if we take sports, you may love snowboarding and not even know about it until you actually step on a mountain and go down it, you know, mm -hmm. or surfing or basketball or football. You don't really know. So going to different jobs was always fearful. I always felt as though I'm a good learner, right? I think everything that we do today, including walking and talking at some point, we had no idea how to do, you know, and I think that I've always been, a, been good at, recognizing something that I do well and giving myself more credit than I deserve to be able to call myself like a five percenter, right? And what I mean by that, like, if we take 100% of people, 
there's 95% of people that act one way. There's another 5% or less that act a different way, right? And I told myself early on, oh my God, like I just got a full ride scholarship to this division one school. Like how many people actually do that? That must mean that I'm one of the 5% of people, you know, I got a job at this company out of how many people did they interview and they chose me? Like, I must be a five percenter. I've been trying to holler at this, this girl for so long and she chose me. <laughs> like, I'm definitely a five percenter. And I start to tell myself that over and over again, right? So it, it forces me to think about things in that way and to not be afraid to continue to shoot for something that's gonna make me happy and give me, give me to the points where I don't feel like I'm working anymore, mm. you know? I put a lot, I put at least a couple of years at every company that I was with because I needed to give it that fair shot and I needed to see if this was for me or not. And when it wasn't for me, I didn't have a problem separating. I did it in a way to where I think every place I separated with would write a, a, a good review about me. I don't think I burned any bridges. Yeah. And, and just the nuts and the bolts of, of what you're doing, like, and what you're focused now on is, is working with individuals, right? Like you're, you're sourcing yeah, I work your with own. individuals and I work with businesses. Yeah. Okay. So that's a whole different thing too, is you're working. I mean, obviously you sell to people when you're at a, a startup or, you know, at Oracle, you're still selling to people, but you're also, you're selling to their business, right? Versus like, okay. it seems like I obviously haven't done what you're doing, but it seems like you get to know your clients at a very intimate level talking about these types of things versus, you know, what, what's your uh, hardware going to be, you know, what your, your, your prod, your IT project going to be, you know, it's like, this is their life and their livelihood and their family. So um, I imagine that, you know, your, your natural curiosity, your empathy, you know, your love for people really shines through and is, is probably one of the differentiators for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's very important, especially in this industry. You know, I've had people tell me, you know, Henry, you're like my closest advisor. Like, not only do you know, like, my health concerns, but you know what I have in my bank account. You know what my <laughs> struggles are with my life and relationships and all that type of stuff. So people, they want to trust an advisor. And um, you gain that trust by coming into a conversation with everything but nothing. You know, if I'm coming to a conversation with all these plans of what I'm going to say and what I'm going to pitch and all this different types of stuff like that knowledge is there already. I could easily come to the conversation with a blank sheet of paper in the hopes that I can really try to understand where this person is. Why are they meeting with me in the first place and what's valuable to them? Because they want mm -hmm. the solutions that I provide. It's not the, it's not the products, right? So I try to set myself apart by how much the level of care, you know, can I care for my clients more than anyone else? You know, am I going to work harder than anyone else? You know, and, and you know, as an athlete, when you, when you're an athlete for a certain amount of time, you, you make these teams over and over again, and you start to think of yourself as a work, as a hard worker. And then you go into your professional career and you have this mindset coming from, at, 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 coming from sports that, I don't care what it is, I will learn it and I will work harder than you. Mm -hmm. I will, when I'm up at four o'clock in the morning, 
I'm thinking my competition is sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. I got a little bit of a head start on this person, right? So I think all that stuff kind of helps when it comes to this mindset. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I kind of went in a a circle, but I lost what what point I was trying to make. I apologize. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. And I think, but I think that's, that, that hits the nail on the head. And I was curious what, um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, those are some of the skills that you need to develop, especially in your business, but really as any salesperson, right. You know, wanting to make sure that you can be a, a trusted advisor for them and be someone that they can trust and work with and believe in. Um, is there anything, is there anything in particular that, that you do to build trust with folks? Is it, you know, Hey, I'm always the person that shows up early to meetings or, I always, uh, you know, come extra prepared or I send the handwritten note after, or like, is there anything that, you know, you, you've kind of made a staple of, of the way that you work with people and build relationships with them? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to create that irresistible offer, right? Mm. I, I want to come to where you are, right? I want to figure out what is that stuff that's all, that's always already there. Like, the person that you're talking to is always already thinking something. They've already had an interaction with somebody like you, right? And if you're not paying attention to that, you're gonna like glaze right over it. Right now, when there's social media, when there's all these platforms, when you can call someone and hang up the phone and they can look you up. They can look you up on LinkedIn, they can look you up on Facebook, they can find out about you being authentic and being comfortable with being authentic is very important right and not focusing so much on what am i going to get out of this it's how can i add value to this situation what can i give and if i'm constantly trying to ask that question then i'm constantly going to be listening for opportunities to put myself in that position to where oh i I got it i can't add value in this situation I'm not going to know that if I don't ask questions, if I don't take the time to listen, right? If I don't, if I don't feel confident about what I do and I know my craft, right? You gotta, you gotta feel confident about what you're, what you're, whatever it is that you're selling, you know, feel confident about it know your product. So you're not having to focus on that and you can focus on the person that you're talking to or the business that you're talking to. And I think the, the, the concept of bringing everything and nothing to a conversation, I've never heard anyone say it like that. And I think that's awesome. It's like, you're, you're ready for anything, but you're not, you're not, you know, like you're prepared, you know, your stuff, you know, what you're talking about, but you're not plan You're not ex- expecting anything. You're not expecting them to say, Hey, we, let's do this or ask a certain question, or you're ready to pitch this product because you've got like an extra bonus on it this quarter or something like that. It's just like, you're creating, you know, an environment where you can have that conversation and you're letting them, you know, say what they need to say and you're asking thoughtful questions. And then when the moment comes, you've already done the homework and you're prepared so you can advise them in the right way. Exactly. Um, I want to get to um, what you're doing on the uh, empowerment plan, $50 billion empowerment plan to help change the financial future of, of African-Americans. Uh, I saw that on your LinkedIn. You made a reference to it um, you know, earlier as, as one of kind of like the major goals that you have. And maybe that was one of the reasons for the career shift and just one of the reasons why you want to keep thinking big. Can, can you talk a little bit to that and what that is? Yeah, definitely. 
you know, I, I'm from Vallejo, California, and um, in my neighborhood that I grew up, finances wasn't the big conversation. Like, I don't remember any advisors coming to my parents' house, talking to them about retirement, accumulating wealth, legacies, generational wealth, none of that stuff. I know they for sure weren't coming to my grandparents' house and telling them. And all the way into my mid-30s, I knew nothing about finances. Like, I would spend just as fast as it came in. You know, I've, I've added money to my 401k, but not really understood what was going on. You know, I purchased employee stocks and not really had any, any really strategy towards that. And I met an uh, advisor at a cocktail party who started talking to me about what I do today. And that's when the bells started going off, like, oh my God, like, I can really make an impact. I, I actually started finding about more of my culture's history after starting this career than I've known in my whole life, mm. right? And when I started this career, I started to understand the wealth, the racial wealth gap in America and what that is. You know, how white America is somewhere around 16 times more wealthier than black America. And, you know, I'm talking to you straight back and forth. I don't have all these sources, so, I, so don't quote my sources, but, you know, the wealth gap is pretty wide. And when you start to realize why, and you start to realize that, you know, the first African-American financial advisor in all of America was hired like 65 years ago, right? And there was a time where we weren't allowed to buy more than $15,000 of life insurance, you know, and you start to learn about Jim Crow laws and you start to learn about all these things that were put in place to where we're just behind when it comes to education. You know, there's, there's only less, less than 5% of financial advisors are, are black and not a lot of them are focused on going into my neighborhoods that are, that are underserved. So I figured somebody's got to make a difference and why not me, right? And the $50 mm -hmm. billion dollar empowerment plan was a plan to educate the African-American community on these tools that you can use to accumulate wealth and to put the proper tools in place like life insurance and disability insurance and you know turn that income into assets roth iras and traditional iras and 401ks and a lot of people need to be explained or taught what does that even mean right so it starts with the education the empowerment plan is to empower ourselves you know to take control of your own financial future to take control of your family. And that's for any culture. You know, most people, all of our major decisions are at the workplace. I wouldn't have health insurance if my company didn't offer, me, offer it to me. I probably mm -hmm. wouldn't save my retirement if my company didn't offer a 401k. I'm definitely not buying life insurance if my company doesn't give me a group policy. So yeah. I'm not really controlling my destiny, destiny my company is, right? So I figured, 50 billion empowerment plan, $250,000, a minimum of life insurance on, on each person. When that person passes away, that money is transferred to the next generation in tax-free income. That tax-free income sends people to college. It helps buy us homes. It helps fund businesses. You know, it helps bridge this gap that's been created over centuries of uh, injustices, right? So the 50 billion empowerment plan is something that is 
constantly still going on. I think we're at about 70 something billion at the moment. And we just continue to push, continue to educate, um, continue to teach financial literacy to anyone that wants to listen. Yeah, that's amazing. And you, uh, you know, you dropped some of those stats on us when, when, uh, you know, Richard and I had you for the coffee talk a few months ago, it was you and, and Morgan and, and Galem and, uh, you know, the, the, the folks, including myself that walked away from that were, were pretty blown away. And it was really, you know, I've been doing podcasts and, and that type of stuff for about three years now. And that was, you know, hands down one of the best uh, that we've ever done just in terms of education and you know, having an open conversation about everything. And, you know, you're, you, you can only hope that uh, the issues that have been brought to light more um, the last six months um, can help to, to make this change. But, but to be honest, it takes people like you that think big enough and that take action and that are making shit happen. And um, so I think, you know, that's, it's amazing that you do that and that you're thinking that big and that you're continuing to push ahead. And like you said earlier, you've got, you know, a lot of years left to, to keep going and keep pushing and keep getting better. So I just think it's amazing. And that's one of the ways a business coach helps. My mm. business coach has helped me around this mindset, especially when it comes to all the social injustices that we've seen, you know, about a couple months before the George Floyd killing, um, I just stopped watching. I couldn't watch it. I, was, I told my fiance, hey, quit showing me these videos. Like it was like a dark cloud over my head every day. You know, you look at social media and someone else got killed and something else happened. And it's like, you can't even grieve for one person before something else happens. And we're already in the middle of COVID. And it's just like, it just turned into this big, dark cloud. And I was like, you know, what? I'm, I, I can't watch this anymore. But what I did, I unknowingly trained my brain to say, Henry, you know, when you see this stuff, you need to get sad. You need to stop working. You need to t take a couple days off. You need to lose your power. Right. And I had to switch that, you know, I had to switch it to, as opposed to not paying attention or not watching this stuff, you know, Every time I see this, it just makes me more angry. It makes me more resolved to, Henry, you gotta talk to more people. You gotta go mm. out and reach more people. You need to become filthy fucking rich. So that way, <laughs> whenever you talk, people will listen to you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you can yeah. actually have an impact because mm. what I do is part of the solution, right? I mean, there's mental health and criminal justice and everything else is going on, but Finances is part of this plight that we face as yeah. African-Americans and I'm part of that solution. So if this is going to disempower me, if this is going to take me away from my job, what is it doing? Right. And I cannot let that mindset have that type of an impact on me to where I go into a shell from something that I can't control. I cannot control who's going to be the next person to die and it shows up on my feed, right? And this yeah. stuff is not gonna stop anytime soon. So I gotta make sure that I can wrap my head around what's happening and I can take what's happening and create some power from it for me to keep pushing forward. Yeah, and use it as, as logs on the fire to keep, you know, it just keeps you continually motivated to, to work harder so that you can be part of the solution versus ignoring it and still working hard, but, you know, maybe not paying as much attention and, and thinking that that's helpful for you when in reality, it just, you know, 
turning off the news doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make anything stop. No, not at all. You know, and you're training yourself to not deal with reality. Yeah. And I think one of the good things about football is um, from an early stage, you're trained to deal with reality. This dude is going to punch you in the mouth, whether you like it or not. And um, you got to deal with it. You got to be prepared for it. So you can not be prepared for it and end up in a stretcher or you can be prepared for it and end up in the end zone. Right. Oh, this it. stuff is going to happen. COVID is here. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> people are losing their jobs. You know, people are getting furloughed. People are dying. This social justice is happening. We are in an election year. Like, all this stuff is happening. What are mm. you going to do about it? Yeah. And at the very least, you know, for, for all the, uh, the people watching on YouTube, you got your register show up, vote shirt on. So, at the, you know, not to say to stop there, but at the very least, Everyone's got to just get to the get to the damn polls this year. Everybody's got to get to the polls, man. I'm, we're a democracy. You know, whether you're voting for Trump or Biden, we got to vote, right? Um, I'm not big into politics, um, but I'm big into what's going on now. And mm-hmm. if you're big into what's going on now, you kind of have to be big into politics, right? So I think it's very important to vote. That's why I have my shirt on, definitely repping that to let people yeah. know, get out there and, and vote for sure. For sure, man. Um, well, this is a, this is an epic conversation. You got me fired up. You got my alarm. I'm ready for my alarm four o'clock. I'll be with you there tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I might start study, studying for the series seven too. I'm not even really sure what it is, um, <laughs> but what, um, is there any, any thoughts that you would, would leave with the guests? Um, you know, just around, you know, anyone that's probably in their mid twenties, you know, first, first few years of the sales career. Um, you know, for most of us, you know, some people are maybe hitting it big with sales this year. If you're working at zoom or one of those types of companies for, but for most, most of us, it's been a bit of a slog and it's been tough and it doesn't look like it's getting much better. So I don't know any, any last words for someone that's maybe struggling, that's feeling inspired, but you know, maybe a little bit stuck right now. I would just say it's always around the blind corner. Mm. You know, you never know that, that next dial, right? We, we've all heard that story of the guy that came to mine for gold during those days where they were gold mining and he like finds this plot and he's digging for gold and he's there for months at a time. And he's like, this just is not gonna work. There's no gold here. You know, I've been working bumping my axe against this rock and nothing's happening, I'm out of here. Packs up, moves his family. Someone comes in, hits one more strike and strikes gold, right? Where you, right you might be next to your breakthrough. Don't give up. It's, it's those moments where you're about to get fired because you haven't hit your quota or you, know, you haven't had a sale all month. You're in like this ultra slump. Like whatever you do during those times is going to determine your life moving forward. You know, there's a ton of great resources out there. Dude, your, your book, Thriving Your First Year of Sales, awesome read, man. It's like one of those things where there's this other book that I read um, called The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. 
I think that was the name of the title, but it's, it's one of those reads that it, it's, it's broken up into short bites. You know, you can, you can read it every few days or so. You can have it by your nightstand and you can see these little tidbits of advice that you can use, you know, reading, thinking, grow rich, taking advantage of now. Right now, everyone's working from home. There's all types of sales gurus out there that are at home that will do a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you that before COVID, you couldn't get them because they were traveling the world speaking. You know, I, I would just say around the blind corner, you know, don't give up. One more dial. Yeah, you're not commuting right now, probably. So it's a good time to, you know, yeah, pick up a I'm book not or at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone. I mean, you're picking up a book or hit a podcast or, you know, like you said, this, it's actually been a really great time um, to hit people up on LinkedIn that, you know, are usually maybe unavailable. And just, I've met a lot of people through, you know, LinkedIn or through just, you know, the social channels, um, you know, that I, I never met in, like, I've never met you in person, uh, but we've talked a number of times the last six months and, you know, met through Richard. But, um, you know, I think it's just a, it's a great opportunity to catch people that, um, you know, they're not usually traveling, you know, maybe if they're usually traveling all over the world, they're not doing that right now. So it's a good time to catch them. Yeah. And activity is a, is a problem solver, you know, prospect more, call more people. You're going to get that practice. Even if you make more mistakes, you're going to find out a lot faster because you've made that mistake over and over and over again. So mm. I would definitely, if you do find yourself in a slump, most often it has to do with your activity. And um, sometimes it's just not enough, not enough dials, not enough anything. So I would just, yeah. I would just do more for sure. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, where can people catch up with you um, and, and connect with you if they want to learn more or want to connect with you? So as a 41 year old, you know, I'm still trying TikTok. to get used to the social, social media and, and, you know, Instagram and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, so I don't have a huge platform when it comes to social media. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, my name is Henry Frazier III. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You know, my personal page is under Henry Lee, which is my middle name. And then uh, you can also email me, you know, H. Frazier, last name F-R-A-Z-I-E-R at N-Y-L dot com nancy yellow lizard there you go hit him up people get maybe we'll you know by the time we have you back on the show i want you to get a tiktok and then we'll get <laughs> your son would probably enjoy that he probably would man you better not give me another hemorrhoid bro i'm, I'm gonna come back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right man awesome i appreciate you coming on definitely man peace